Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number five of the reading intervention series that we have going on the podcast right now, where we can work on adding routines to your small reading intervention groups so that you can build good practices to help writing IEP goals, progress monitoring, and mastering some of those standards make it a little bit easier. Now, today we're going to talk about spelling, which veers a little bit away from the freebie that I've been talking to you about in the last couple of episodes. So I'm going to include reading in the show notes, but I'm also going to include a link to the spelling freebie. That way, if that is something that maybe you need a little bit bit of help or support with, you can download that as well. For a lot of students with disabilities, spelling is a tricky, tricky beast. Or they might be really great at it in the sense that they're good at memorization, But that doesn't mean they understand the spelling rules. That doesn't mean that they understand why are we changing the Y to I? Why are we doing this or that? Why do we use a C or a K? So it's important to take time in your small groups to teach those skills. And in my mind, to do two things when you're planning your instruction or your curriculum. Number one is to build in spiral review. Just because they knew it two weeks ago does not mean they know it now, does not mean they're going to know it in two weeks or six weeks or six months. We have to build in spiral review because chances are when they took that reading test, they didn't actually have it mastered. They were just working toward that. We also need to make sure that we are moving at a rate or at a speed that works for our students. And that's different for everybody. That's different depending on if you're gen ed, special ed, intervention, what, you know, what are you doing? We have to find a pace that works for our kids. So for me, a lot of times I'll work on, let's say, beginning blends. I might work on L blends for five weeks because By week three, maybe we're getting it, but by week five, we've solidified it. They know it. They recall that. If I say something they might, or say a word, they might be like, that has an L blend. Good. That's where I want us to be. You're hearing it. You're seeing it. You know it. Then we might move on to R blends or S blends. And again, we might spend three to five weeks working on that because that's what they need. They need that time. What I find as a flaw, or just my opinion, you can disagree, is that our gen ed curriculum moves so stinking fast, they don't ever learn a rule. They don't ever learn a pattern. They don't ever master. When they hear a sound, they know what graphemes go with it. And when we work on it for that long, 
which to me is the beauty of special education, we can master some of those things. So in my opinion, when you are planning out spelling, you need to make sure that you have spiral review built in and you need to make sure that that plan has enough time to actually master or really understand a lot of those things. Don't rush it. It's not a race. It's gonna take a while. So what the heck do I do every day to practice spelling? Well, for me, I have spelling lists that, again, go in a nice, slow, steady pace, that spiral review, and I use letter tiles. I love letter tiles. I use them for not all of my groups, but a good chunk of my groups where decoding and kind of manipulating sounds is still a skill that we are actively working on. So each and every week I have color-coded bags where I'll put all the spelling tiles that they're going to need, all that they're just, it's cardstock that I laminated with letters printed on them. And I will give them the letters that they need for those words. Sometimes that might be nine letters in their bag because a lot of the letters repeat. Sometimes we might have 15 letters in our bag because we have a lot of randoms. Either way, I give them the letters that they need to spell their words. Then we do a lot of things where we'll get our letters out and we'll say, okay, we're working on EA this week. So get EA and then we'll build words that have EA in them. Maybe it's eat, maybe it's bean, maybe it's clean, whatever it happens to be. We're going to build words that have EA in them. We point to them. We change one letter at a time or two letters at a time. If you're familiar with word ladders, that's kind of what this is. So just to use some simple CVC words, because, you know, as I'm recording this, it is 6.55 p.m. and my brain is just about done for the day. So I might start with the word cat and say, change one letter and spell fat. Change one letter and spell fit change one letter and spell fib, change one letter and spell rib until we have spelled all 10 of our words. And with that, we are practicing spelling or that encoding. We're practicing decoding. We're practicing some phonological awareness where we're manipulating sounds. We're changing sounds. We talk about, oh, that word has the same beginning. This word has the same ending. Ooh, we changed the vowel sound in the middle. So we're talking about so many things associated with just words in general. Now, I did a whole series on this a while back. One of the first seasons of the podcast was all about spelling. And in my research for that, one of the things that I discovered is that spelling and decoding are both important. But research shows that practicing spelling helps decoding far more than practicing decoding would help spelling. So let's say I have a 30 minute block of time and I need to start splitting up. Am I going to work on spelling? Am I going to work on reading? When am I going to work on this? If I devote more time towards spelling, so for me, that's about eight to 10 minutes. If I can devote eight to 10 minutes towards spelling, that's going to benefit decoding as well. But if I spent eight to 10 minutes on decoding every day, that time or that progress would not translate to spelling as much as it would if I'm practicing spelling. I hope that makes sense. So the long and the short of it is, 
take time to practice spelling every day. Work on skills that make sense. So every day we practice our spelling bags, but we also practice spelling in our writing. So every day in one way or another, maybe it's a dictated sentence. Maybe it's restating and answering the question. Maybe it's taking a sentence that's all mixed up and putting in the right order. Maybe we draw a picture and write a sentence or two about it. But every day we're practicing writing. And then those words pop up, especially in dictated sentences, where we're using the words from our spelling list or similar words, we're using those to then write sentences. So we get to practice real life scenarios of trying to spell that word. And what I love about that is you can see what your kids have mastered just by looking at their writing. So you can see, oh, we know sight words because guess what? they can spell the word the or is or in or little or whatever because we practice those a lot. Or they're terrible at those and we need to practice that a little more. Or maybe we're looking at their writing and we're saying, wow, you know, they're doing a great job of like segmenting and attempting to match what they're hearing to what they're writing, those phonemes to graphemes, but they just don't know all the spelling rules. We'll get there. That's great. Maybe they don't know, do we use a C or a K? Do we use OA or OW? Maybe they don't know that yet, but they'll get there. And that's wonderful. Or maybe you'll see, wow, we have practiced to use OA or OW and they're still not quite getting that. We need to hit that again. We need to talk about that again. I need to talk to that student one-on-one or, hey, everybody in the group is confusing. Does that vowel sound come in the middle or at the end what am I going to do here? So their writing gives them the opportunity to practice it. And it gives you the chance to assess it, to see what are they able to do or what are they not able to do. So every day we do spelling bags and we practice writing. When it comes to IEP goals, I, I don't give a lot of spelling goals. I can't say that I've never given a spelling goal, but you can definitely give them spelling goals and know that they're going to make progress in it if you're doing it every day in your group. So for me, I have lists of CBC words that we might read or lists of beginning blends, ending blends, vowel teams, whatever, that we might read for decoding. Those same lists become amazing progress monitoring lists to use with a goal on spelling words with vowel teams or spelling words with digraphs, spelling words with beginning blends, whatever your target is you can certainly create a goal saying that by the end of the IEP year, when given a list of 10 diagraphs, student will be able to spell them with a certain percentage of accuracy, 70, 80, 90, 100%. So you can use some of those decodable lists. Or for me, I might give like a review of several weeks of our words so that I can see, okay, can they spell two words with a short A, two words with a short E, two words with a short I, O, U, that kind of thing. If I come up with a list like that, how do they do? Is it too easy? Is it too hard? What are they struggling with? I also like to use some of those assessments or in that goal, I might define, am I going to use letter tiles or not? Because certainly the goal is without but maybe that's a support that they need. So you could certainly throw that in the goal, not required either way, 
but what kind of supports might you give to them to help them be able to spell some of those words? And for me, when it comes time to progress monitor, the easiest way for a spelling goal is through their weekly spelling tests. But the catch to that is if those spelling assessments are strategic. To me, that would not be using their grade level spelling tests unless that goes with the goal or unless you have a really great curriculum. But like for me, if I'm working on vowel teams, I couldn't use a lot of my gen ed spelling lists because they might have three or four vowel teams all on one list and then like all of the ways to say long A, but that wouldn't help me assess E, I, O, and U. Or it might have diagraphs, but that might be only for a few weeks. So you have to make sure that your spelling list goes with that goal. But in a perfect world, whatever you're doing in your group every day would go right in with however you're going to assess them later. So for me, I like to use those weekly spelling assessments to see how are they doing. But again, make sure those lists align and make sure the supports that you have in place. You wouldn't want to say without letter tiles, but every week for the spelling test, you let them use letter tiles or whatever other support you might have in place. That's just what I use. So spelling is a beast. There's a lot that goes into spelling. Take it slow and steady and eventually your students will be great spellers. Next week, we will be jumping to answering open-ended questions and kind of what I do for that. Um, This is not something that we're doing every single day in certain groups, but it's definitely a big piece of what our students need to do, but is also something that can be very difficult for them. So I'll see you next week where we we will talk about open-ended questions. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the Resource Room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.